everybody. Welcome to the Spark Faith podcast. I am Dr. Chris Sargent, and we are going to have such a fun show today. I have Karen Laus with me. And before we get into her story, I need to say thank you to Jill at Jeans in a Cute Top Shop. She has supplied me with an adorable sweater. And I'll put a shot of it uh, at the beginning of the video later. So anyway, I just want to thank Jill. She has an amazing shop, if you don't know, and she has an online presence. So just jeans in a cute top shop. She's amazing. So I want to welcome Karen Laus to the show today. And we have already been having a little bit of fun before y'all got here. So Karen, tell us about you. Tell us your story. Tell us what you're up to. I can't wait to hear. Oh, thank you. Well, I will say that if anybody wants to reinvent themselves, I know you know this is the time, and that has definitely happened with me. So a little bit, though, about my journey. I'm, I'm originally from Minneapolis, but always wanted to live in San Francisco. That was my dream ever since I was a kid. So after college, I threw a bunch of stuff in the trunk of my car, drove out here, and never left. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that I just, I love adventure. I love trying new things, whatever that looks like. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do job wise. I just always knew that I loved people and I got a psych degree because I loved people. Everybody said, do you want to be a therapist? I said, no, I have no interest in being a therapist, but I love, love people. So what's so great is that I ended up in a bunch of different random jobs as you do in your twenties and then figured out, oh, what I love is developing people. And HR was the place that I started. I worked for the gap. I worked at training teams at Wells Fargo and I was a director of HR for Gensler Architecture, but then came back to the gap after quitting there. I, long story there, but the point is that I started this journey of what I really realized that I loved, which is training and development. And then for the past 14 years before COVID hit, I was specializing in communicating to influence specifically for a company called Decker Communications all around helping people with how they come across. And that really is where I found my sweet spot around seeing, recording people on video and helping them see how they're doing with their hand gestures, their facial expressions. And for women, particularly voice, that's what I really want to help people with. And that has been fantastic. Well, then COVID came and it was, okay, do we, are we going to all be employed training people? No, not at least at first. So it was one of my dreams to really focus on putting my stake in the ground around keynote speaking. Cause I had been doing that for Decker for 15 years, but I wanted to do it for myself and specifically for women. So my goal is to get to the heart of women and where they're at, because with my jobs, most of it was on the, how you show up. I think that's critical but what we didn't cover is the internal world of self-doubt, fear, perfectionism, imposter syndrome. And that's what I'm really passionate about because that's really my story. Because ever since I was a kid, if you look at my parents, my dad really called the shots with my mom. So I grew up really believing that a man or a, an authority figure was supposed to make choices for me and tell me what to do. Interestingly enough, he also taught me that both my parents really, that I could do anything that I wanted if I worked hard enough. 
and was persistent enough and determined enough. So to what we were talking about earlier, on the outside, I've always been one to just go for things, almost overconfident, like, oh, I can do that. But That's it's so the interesting internal. though, because you had both messages, right? You can go and do anything as long as a guy is deciding it for you. How confusing, <laughs> right? Well, it's so interesting because, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because I think, gosh, how do you make sense of that? Because I never had him actually say that, but isn't that interesting about the modeling? And then with my mom not standing up for herself, specifically a couple of times, I, I vividly can remember that and thinking then that, oh, that means that I don't get to choose and I don't have value. My choices don't have value. Even to the point where I was back and forth with a guy many, many years ago now. And I remember my therapist saying, well, what do you want? And I said, well, I don't know what he wants. Uh, <laughs> how many times do we do that though? Like, totally. Make, and I don't think we all do it consciously. Do you? No, no. I mean, to me, it was, it was, as just, that was, what do you call it? The, the God's truth. Like that I didn't know what he wanted yet. So I couldn't know what I wanted. And it was so interesting. I mean, that was a pivotal moment in my life where mm -hmm. the therapist says back to me, but Karen, what do you want? And that was probably one of the scariest moments in that moment, like that place where I realized I do want him. I do want to be with him. And it can be really scary to own our decisions. It's vulnerable. Yeah, totally. And then what if he doesn't want me? Yes. And that awkward feeling of, well, more than awkward, just feeling rejected and hurt. And when I finally put the stake in the ground and said, this is what I want to choose, then is it going to happen? So that's, that's really, that's been a journey that, that was probably, when was that now? Maybe 12 years ago or something like that, but not really that long ago when you think about the context of a life. And I think, so that happening, and then in combination with my professional life, being on the leadership team of a company and still feeling like, oh, I better not say that because so-and-so might not like it or oh, that person's older than me and probably knows more than me, so I better not say it. Or, oh, that might be unpopular. I got to make everybody else feel good because that's my job. And I think that's also, whether it's a Minnesota thing, a Midwestern thing, or just, it seems to be a very common woman trait of let's make everybody feel good yeah. at the expense, even if it is at the expense of myself. Absolutely. So that was, there was just too many times that happened. And just finally, I woke up one day and realized this is, this has got to stop. And that's when I started taking baby steps where I started speaking up for myself in at times when I didn't used to do that. And then I got so excited about it because it felt so good that I thought I've got to help other women do this. I've always had a heart for women anyway, and training and development has not been my personal heart, but it's also been my professional world as well. And to be able to inter intermingle those two things has been amazing. So fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah. So take us back to just, just those few, like a little bit before you realized that you needed to start 
using your voice and making your decisions. And back to that moment with that therapist, was that the moment when you really realized like, how do I, okay, how do I do this? Because I think that that's sometimes the thing that, that gets in women's way is how do I make that happen without having all those icky feelings going on, right? Did she coach you through that? Did you kind of already have some self-talk that was different? Take me into that just a little well, deeper. Yeah, sure. So well, it's, it's that actually, that happened years before I recognized this in my professional life. Got it. Okay. I shouldn't say recognized. I did something about it. So I think that's also the difference. And that's where I, f- I feel like I, he- I see and hear so many women that are just making themselves sick in their minds and their hearts and their emotions of just, I, I-, I want to say this, but I'm choosing this instead, where there's kind of this wrestling in our body and unrest, I should say. So at the time with the therapist, it was so focused on, I was hyper-focused just at the time because I had been back and forth with this guy for so long that I was just exhausted. And I was so focused on that, that particular part. It felt very isolated. And yet to talk about what I actually did is just that first moment of realizing, like it was, I think like anything, the first step is awareness. So with the therapist that day going, holy crap, like what, what, how do I not, like, it was just, it was, how do I not know what I want? (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) and just the realization thinking I'm a confident woman. I'm, you know, whatever I was at the time, late thirties or something and going like this, just, it, it just, it didn't fit in who I wanted to be. And then going, okay, now, frankly, each day was just another walk. And frankly, that was where a big faith walk. I mean, my whole life, we talked a little bit about that, but faith is so important to me. And that was just totally trusting God that, okay, like my needs matter. And I think that this is also such a big thing, especially for women. And I mean, frankly, for men too, but how many of us, first of all, even know what we need take the time to identify that. And then the next step, which is the hardest, is to ask for a need to be met. So I was wrestling with all of those things. Like, could I actually, Could I? am I valuable enough? Not that I was even very conscious at the time, but am I valuable enough to say what I want out loud? And would somebody even care if I did? So those are the kinds of things that I was wrestling with and really just seeking God about, like really looking at how God loves me and how valuable I am. And that's also such a big part of my work today that there is no one. I mean, there's no duplicates. There's no clones of people. None, <laughs> none. And I love what you said. I'm going to stop you for just a second because that's such a big part of my story. And my listeners know that when I realized how valuable I was to God and that I was put here for a very specific purpose, this being part of it, I like it, it, that was the, like, for me, that was like the crashing moment. And even though I'd heard it a million times, right? You're special. God only makes one of you. Like you hear it. And and then there comes that day where 
you're just either so down or it's so obvious and it's so clear that God just really loves us exactly where we're at in the messy and all in the, Mm -hmm. I don't know in the, in that feeling of my outside and my inside don't match. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's such a beautiful way to say it because that's a huge thing that I talk about too, is being aligned with who you are on the inside and the outside and how freeing that is. So really at the end of the day, my whole mission, I may help people give killer presentations. I may help people promote themselves, you know, all of these things with deal with communication issues. But at the end of the day, it's about, I want women to be free. Yes. Yes. Free to choose, free to stick with their choices and trust themselves, free to trust God, free to speak. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because I just see so many people tied up in knots. And that was such a big part for me. I, I, I can still, it's so vivid, all the leadership meeting. Every week we had a, a leadership meeting. And I remember just so often holding back. And ironically, and thankfully, I had a really great coach and my boss, who was the president of the company. And I remember her saying to me, trust your gut. Like she used to say that so much. I mean, I can remember one time that is probably one of my most embarrassing moments, but also one of those pivotal moments that we had all talked to seven of us on the leadership team. And we had talked about two months prior about doing something with the company. And so I was the one that volunteered and it was really in my area. So I thought, okay, but months went by. I didn't even really feel aligned with it in the first place. But because my boss said, let's do that, here I was trying to be organized, get it all together. And then we get in the room and I felt so unaligned with what we were doing that I was almost speechless. And it was really embarrassing because two people tried to save me. They said, well, I think what we've been in the nicest way, like I also, there was a lot of great respect and friendship and the team and anyhow, it was so awful. And then she, the president ended up coming in and really swooping in and going, da, 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 da. and it was fine. But then after she goes, this was such a great example of how, when you are not trusting your gut and just, you know, you got us all there and here we are starting to talk about this thing. What if instead, and this is what was so great. Again, these examples, you know what if she had said, if I had said, I don't even know why we're doing this let's put this to the side. I don't remember. I don't know. Can we revisit why we even were going to do this in the first place? I don't even think it's necessary. Just again, it's being that voice of reason, but I didn't trust myself. I was too focused on her. And then it's such a good example when you are not aligned with what you're talking about, or you don't really believe, and you're, you're saying something else of somebody else's words, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, gold, gold. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's gold. And I also feel like when, like during those times and as we grow, like the mask that we put on so that we're people pleasing, right? Cause that's what this is it's kind of right. what we're talking about sure, really, sure. right? The mask that we carry and the mask that we put on every day and the fact that it's not matching the way we feel is exhausting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you experienced that, but I just remember like, at the end of my days, just being like, oh, 
<laughs> you know, just tired. Yes. Like, well, it's so ironic because when you're, when you're not aligned, like my boss, she's kind of goes, I don't like, she wasn't super committed to the thing. She was just being herself going, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's move on, you know, in the agenda. Right. And so it's, it's just, it's never good when somebody isn't thinking for themselves. Again, we squelch creativity. We, we, there's so many negative things that come out of that. So yeah, that was that's all about thing. that. That's a Brene Brown thing, right? Right. When mm. we, when we start squelching emotions and vulnerability, we do, we squelch our creativity. We squelch our ability to communicate. We squelch our ability to feel anything. So we just walk around like zombies. Exactly. With a smile, right? Zombies with a smile. Exactly. Like we got it all put together. Well, and then it's so exhausting to try to think like if you're, in my case, it was really essentially trying to please one person. And it's interesting how you spend so much, I should speak for myself, but maybe someone oh, can relate to this. I think we all relate. <laughs> so much mental energy trying to figure out what would she want what, and, and really spending so much time trying to understand her, figure her out. And I mean, at that, I did, it was a 14 year relationship that I knew her, but right. really interesting when you think about all that time wasted. And I think about myself as a manager, having a team of people, I don't want anybody doing something just because I said, so I want someone to challenge it or say, does this even make sense? Or what if we try this instead? It's such a, it's just interesting when you think about it from the other perspective. So in this time of COVID, you had to pivot. Yes. Yes. Interestingly enough, but it's funny. I mean, I always laugh, like, I wonder if anybody, the, any of the people that I used to work with are listening to any of these things that I'm doing, but the truth is it doesn't really matter at this point, but I was planning to leave already. So I had my exit plan which was going to be at the end of this year. I had already envisioned myself giving my sort of goodbye speech at our holiday party. Wow. Okay. So it took nine months earlier. Yeah, exactly. I know. So I, I, here's one thing too, that I think could be helpful for people is something that I call the three D's. And this is what came out of me making that decision to leave and focus on my dream instead of putting it on the back burner, which I kept doing over the years. And that was to be a speaker specifically for women to help them find their voice and stand out. So the three days are first deciding what you want, going back to the story and really putting that stake in the ground, declaring it, that would be the next D is tell. And what I mean by that is telling everybody, you know, like, this is what I do now. Do you know anybody getting yourself out there and then just doing it <laughs> because you have to take action if you right. want something to get done. So I found that to, I realized, <clears throat> excuse me, in my progression. And by the way, that was pre preceded by two years of feeling stuck at my job. Mm. So the frustration of not knowing what do I really want or just not getting in tune with it because I still really loved the company where I worked. I loved the clients that I worked with. So there was a lot of satisfaction there. So it's figuring out, okay, at what point do I want to just go all in? And then COVID is what really made me go, okay, I'm actually quitting now. <laughs> and then I launched my 
my new thing here with a women's summit called Ignite Your Confidence. And that really talk about when you think about something God ordained, that was something that was on my heart, but I didn't really think too much about it, kind of put it off for a couple of weeks. And then it was, I think after midnight one night, and I said, just write your friend that's a CEO and ask if she wants to speak. And then she said, yes. And then so many other people said yes. And all of a sudden my vision was to have 21 women that I would interview on how they found their voice and their confidence, all successful entrepreneurs. And specifically, I wanted to have 50% women of color. And I got really close, really close. I think we had nine women of color and 11 uh, other other white <laughs> us, us white people. The rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was just I felt like God just rolled out the red carpet for that event to happen, and it was so much work, but it was also so rewarding. And anybody that has known me for a while knows that my dream has always been to be the Oprah of San Francisco. Oh, so I love it. I felt like this is the essence of me being Oprah. <laughs> Because I got to interview people and then I started doing more of it and thought so many people wanted to do it. And then I didn't have enough spots. So then I said, I'm going to start a show called Celebrate Your Voice and interview people and just kind of keep the momentum going. So that was a really exciting thing. That's so cool. Yeah. One of my long-term dreams is to be like the female Dr. Oz, but better. (laughs) Yeah. I like that, but better, but better kind of the, a cross between Dr. Mark Hyman, who's functional medicine. If you don't, y'all know, I know him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Dr. Oz, but female, because there aren't any females in that space at all. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, we need you. This is a part of it. This is why I'm here. This is what I'm here to do is is to bring women to women primarily, not that guys can't watch. However, I do think, feel like um, we speak our own language in a way and we can speak to each other. Um, those of us who are just in a different space, like, hey, come on, come, come on, water's fine. You'll be, <laughs> you're gonna be okay. Come on, let's go together. Yeah, yeah exactly. Love, love it. I love that you put together that summit. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really, it was one of those things. I love those moments when you just get a hunch about something and then, you kind of, well, maybe now and then, but then it keeps coming back. And thankfully it wasn't that long. I've, I've heard of people that have those hunches and then it isn't till years later. So that just, <laughs> is that resonating? <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting too, you know, you, what you and I were talking about before, I wanted to bring that in here around how we just on the outside, like we might look to someone else like, oh, she has it all together. And I think Absolutely. we're so good at comparing ourselves to other people and it's so unhealthy to do that, but it's, it's almost impossible to not. And so I think about a lot of people and I'm sure you've had this too, Well, we talked about this where people go, oh my gosh, like they just are surprised when they hear sort of the backstory. And so I thought I would just pull back the curtain a little bit for anybody that feels like, <laughs> Oh, yes, please. And, and so, you know, that that's what we talked about a little bit is that, um, so y'all missed our like pre-conversation, but you're going to get it anyway. So <laughs> one of the things that I like to talk about is like, where do we struggle? Where are we struggling? We may look like we have it all put together. You see this beautiful woman on the street and you look at her and you're like, oh, someday I'll have it all together. Like she does. 
And you know, what y'all don't know about me this morning was I was freaking out about my refrigerator being broken and I don't have it all together and my house is a mess. And now I'm living out of my garage refrigerator and my freezer in the basement. Like, <laughs> so yeah. So life doesn't like, it may look one way on the outside. Go ahead, Karen, take it away. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd say that like, first of all, COVID before COVID, I think it was, it was February when we found out that my husband's kidneys are failing like rapidly failing and just praying against dialysis, like praying, 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 like, nope, that's not going to happen. Having so much faith, like that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, in April, the end of April, he went on dialysis. So that is just in, right in the middle of COVID. So I mean, just so challenging and dealing with that. The good news is it's very possible now that I'm going to be a kidney match for him. So that's really what? exciting. So that's pretty unusual. So that's definitely exciting. But those are the things, you know, it was funny because like you were saying, like nobody knew that I was dealing with my fridge in the back. And I remember once like carrying up boxes from our garage and then like trying to do that really quickly for him so that then I could get to my next meeting and all these things. And then my own just stuff with that. And, and then two things like I have never had an issue keeping this is going to sound weird keeping cats I love cats I've had cats for 20 years Aww. in the last seven weeks I have lost two of them Aww. they have gone missing like I don't know where they are and this has been rocking my world and trying to ask God what is this about and then someone saw one in the neighborhood, but then I went there to bring food the other night and just the unrest that this brings in the midst of trying to run and essentially now start a business. So it's the start and the run. And then people feeling like seeing my summit. Yes, it's beautiful. I paid a lot of money for it to look that beautiful and to go well. And it's slow going clientele. It's, it's not easy. And it's interesting to me that, because I think it's, I don't know if anybody else has had this experience where you expect something, but you didn't really articulate it until something, the thing happens and you realized, oh, my expectations weren't met. <laughs> and then you almost have to backpedal and go, oh, wow. Like the summit, I just thought was going to be my coming out party. I thought I would get all these clients from it. And what's so fascinating though and what one of my good girlfriends said that's in my prayer group, she goes, I really think that God is going to bring you business in places that don't seem like it really came from your effort because he wants you to know that it's him. And that is exactly what's been happening. All the ways that I thought things were happening through my summit, it's really coming from stuff that I did in my past. So anyway, I said a mouthful there. Yeah, that is a lot. So, you know, thinking about like, oh, well, you know, my fridge thing looks pretty small compared to you're going to give your husband a kidney. <laughs> like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, um, keep your life in perspective. Are you giving one of your organs away today? Because <laughs> how often? <laughs> For sure. Like that does not, that's, that's, that's unusual. So thank you well, for perspective. 
Oh, you're welcome. I, I, I wasn't, I, I really think it's important to remember though, that it's a relative for everybody, you know, no, it, it absolutely is. But yeah. I mean, for me, you know, this morning, my freak out, the straw for me this morning was my fridge. Right. Mm. And so, and it's just such a, like in the big scheme of things, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where we are all, where we're at yeah. at the moment. Right. Well, and I think anytime your life gets disrupted from a routine, and I feel like that is you know, a big part of why COVID has just been so challenging. I mean, amidst all of the other things going on. People don't but, like change. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's, um, yeah, it's, sometimes it's just hard and hard to, hard to keep spirits high and be there for other people. And so anyway, I wanted to put that out there as well to just know, yeah. and there's plenty of times where you know, I might be wonderful. People say, oh, you have so much joy and you're so positive. But then there are lots of times when I'm also highly critical. I have lots of that also from my upbringing of it's got to be perfect. I had a perfectionist mom and a critical father. It's like you marry those two together. <laughs> like I'm fighting that all that's of the That's a lot of I'm not good enough. Yes. That's a lot of I'm not good enough. I, um, I definitely um, feel healed from some, most of that, not all of it, obviously. Um, it's a journey. Um, and I feel your pain around your summit. So you may not know this, but a couple of years ago, I published a book called simply functional medicine. And I thought the same thing, except for I'd been in practice for a long time. So I just thought this would take it. And it was like, wah, wah, wah. So it's very, yeah, I definitely had diff the same kind of feeling like, um, huh, okay, <laughs> there you go. I wrote a book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I think it's so interesting, isn't it? I don't know if you had this same thing, but I really felt like this summit was God ordained. Like, oh, absolutely. So it was a book. I, I'm sure. Cause I was thinking that's probably the same thing. And then. I, I was just left kind of perplexed of, uh, I don't know, I'm going to get emotional now because I just think, you know, how am I supposed to, how, how it's just a faith walk, like every day, paying the bill, figuring out, okay, like we're afloat, but we're not like, we're not <laughs> sitting on our couch. That's the same as having on. two incomes, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just so many challenges that I, and I just think it's important that people know the real story. And I also think what's fascinating to me about for anybody else that's um, an entrepreneur, that I continue to be reminded. And when I first started my coaching practice 20 years ago, I was reminded of this before I went back to the corporate world, that your clients usually come from people that you know. And I know that that sounds so common sense. But it's funny, I remember, I, so I launched this group coaching program after the summit, I just threw it out there and I was afraid it wouldn't be filled and thinking, oh, how am I gonna, anyway. And everybody filled it, everybody, the eight women in there are all people that I've known from something. There was only one that truly came, well, maybe two out of the summit. And one was someone I just, I didn't know at all, but it was interesting that I was reminded of, oh, like there's a person from high school. I thought she's followed me for years, but I never in a million years would have thought she would sign up. And then two other people in my life that I consider to be peers. I just never expected that they would. And so it's, 
it's such a good reminder that usually your clients aren't just some cold person that calls you <laughs> off the street. No, that's why this is so important. And, and for me, it's important that I, um, you know, I have to give the glory here, not only for my book, because I didn't, I took a lot of credit for myself on that one at that particular time in my life. Um, I was fighting with God a lot for the last eight years, um, mm -hmm. seven years. And it wasn't until a year ago, August. So August of 2019, that I had a, a flat on your face moment with him. And so my faith has skyrocketed again, where it's been um, for most of my life, minus the short seven years. <laughs> and now really realizing that, of course, of course, that didn't take off the way I thought it should, because God had me exactly where he wanted me. Right. This, this like fail and learn and fail and learn and fail and learn and fail and learn. And yes, I'm here for you. And yes, I'm here for you. And yes, you are good enough. And I'm going to drill down into that. I'm not good enough, like a dentist, right? Oh. Drill down into that and I'm going to fill it with love. So mm -hmm. that's for you. So <laughs> I love it. Well, I think that's, that's such a good point because that, I mean, this thing about the cats, <laughs> feeling totally powerless with my husband feeling totally powerless and yeah. being used to controlling things. It's such, it's just so hard to release control and it's obviously not helping anybody. And even just, you know, in the spirit of perspective, when the first one went missing first cat, I was just so devastated. And I remember just feeling so, um, uh, envisioning that she was in a ditch somewhere and that I wasn't responsible, that I didn't save her, that I, you know, I should have, would have, could have all of that stuff. And then I had to remind myself, like, imagine, think about the different perspective. What if she's out partying somewhere, having the adventure <laughs> of her life, or maybe she's with a family that needs her more than me. And she's comforting some kid somewhere. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting because it's such a good reminder that the outcome, the result is still the same. I can't bring her back. I can pray that she comes back. I can visualize that happening, you know, all the things that you do, but the, it, it, the truth is it's not under, it's not my jurisdiction. I can't actually make that happen. And I think it's really hard. I think for women in particular, we want to make things happen. We're used to juggling lots of things and getting good results. And in the spirit of that self-sufficiency that we were talking about before, that's totally me too, of just having to surrender and what that looks like. And when God just takes away everything and you just go, okay. Like, I mean, when the second one, the second one, I was just like, okay, God, like you have my attention. I thought you did before, but you really have it now. Yeah. 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 So some people know that I had, um, I used to say it takes a two by four and then <laughs> I can be really stubborn and it takes a six by 12, you know? So over the summer we had a tornado go through my backyard and this was right before I knew God wanted me to speak. I knew I've known for a long time that I should be speaking somehow and I kept resisting and I kept making a lot of excuses. Well, how do I do that with COVID? There's no place to speak now. Um, oh, I had the story so well written and so many excuses, right? 
So we had a tornado run through our neighborhood and I, my particular yard has hundred year old tree, like 200 year old trees, like lots of them. And three of them, father, son, and Holy spirit were majorly damaged. Two of them fell. And one of them has like a spiral fracture where it was like lifted and twisted by the tornado. Oh my gosh. So bigger than a six by 12. I got trees falling because God needs to talk to me. <laughs> And that, and your cats, right? Like, what does it take to get our attention? What does it take? What's it going to take to all of you out there? What's it going to take to get your attention about your health? What's it going to take to get your attention about your spirit and your body and your mind and your mental health, right? What's it going to take? So tell me a little bit, I'm going to shift gears a little. Yeah. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you stay healthy during all of this, right? Because you yeah. have a husband and you have to clearly have to stay super healthy now. Um. <laughs> well, clearly not always. That's the thing. I think about my choices of the Ruffles potato chips that I was eating last night and the haagen ice cream. But let me, I do think this is a good, it's, it's funny because I realized, oh, wow, this is such a part of my life now about what I'm about to tell you. So First of all, I've struggled with weight my entire life. Yeah, welcome to And that. like many, many women just tried all the things and never felt good enough, never felt pretty enough. I was not the pretty skinny blonde girl in high school. And, <laughs> and so it was recently last December that many people I knew, it was like one person after the other was telling me about intermittent fasting. And on December 13th, when I had pretty much hit probably my highest weight, I think I was 190 something, I don't even remember, but close to 200 pounds. And I had so much, so many problems in my knees at the time. And I've just never had any health issues per se. So to have all of these weird physical things going on, I was going, what, what is up? I could barely walk. I remember driving to a dinner in Sacramento, which is about two hours from San Francisco. And I listened to, uh, gosh, now I'm forgetting her name. Her first name is Jin, but delay, don't deny this book on intermittent fasting. And I have been doing that since December 13th. And it has made a massive difference. Fabulous. Just massive difference. And the, it's, it's the only thing that's ever worked. And it's not like I'm just eating all kinds of junk food all the time. That is not it. I eat really good, healthy meals. I do have an issue with sweets for sure. I love sweets, but the discipline for me that it, it seemed really easy. And for anybody, I mean, I know this is your audience, so probably people know this, but to just not eat for 16 hours. It's actually so much easier. Even the other day I stopped, I usually eat later at night. So, or I mean, I'll, I'll allow myself to eat later at night. And so I remember the next day I was just working and doing things and it was, I didn't end up eating until I think six 30 and I was starving at that time. But regardless, the point is in the past, the, the fallacy of, Oh, you have to eat every two hours. I have had that on the brain for so many years and I know everybody's got to find what works for them. So that's really important that I feel like I need to say that. But for me personally, 
so much less inflammation. I didn't even really know what that was before. And just being about 25 pounds lighter makes such a huge difference. And it's not even that I tried that hard. It was just, I stuck to simply working on not eating for that period of time. That's, that's fabulous. And I have clients who do intermittent fasting. I have people who run a more diabetic every two and a half, three and a half hours. I have the vegan to carnivore, everything in between. So yeah, everybody has to figure out what works for themselves and there's not a one size fits all really. Exactly. I know or think will work for a client and then we move. And we shift until mm-hmm. we figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because I think for me, it was psychological of, oh, I have to eat every couple hours. Yeah. And then of course I would just eat whatever. <laughs> What's that? It's a habit. Yes. Habit. Yes. That's such a good reminder. It's the habit. And so then feeling like, really, is this okay to actually not eat? And then doing more research and figuring it out to where then I was freed of worrying that I had to eat every couple hours to be healthier, to lose weight. And then when this actually started working for me and how I was feeling so much better, it made such a difference. So that I know there's many ultimate, there's many aspects of health, but to me, because that was such um, like a prison for me, my entire life, I really do feel it's interesting when you think about how God orchestrates things as I'm talking about this, realizing, wow, I really feel free related to my body and my eating. And for the first time, I think in my life, I'm not fixated on, oh, that doesn't fit me or that. Oh, oh, should I eat that? Oh, I want to eat that. Oh no, I shouldn't eat that. Oh, can I eat that? And again, that's exhausting, right? And when you find a plan that works, it's not exhausting anymore. And the, the overarching or bigger motivation is easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And then the, the other thing too, just finding what works for you. I think about like sleeping. So I, I am definitely a night owl. And so now I've just decided, you know what, now that I don't have to show up for a job every day, then I have later point. I start my day later because I like to sleep in, but I'm usually working at one or two in the morning sometimes. So that's often when I have my quiet moments. A lot of people get up early and they work in those times. For me, it's staying up late and that's when I'm most productive. That's awesome. So that means this morning I was probably getting up when you were going to bed. <laughs> Are you I get up as early as I did this morning, but <laughs> oh no. Oh, you know, it's just the way that God had it had it pre-programmed for today. I am a morning person though. Definitely. Oh, 8 30 at night, I am like. <laughs> done done well and that's such a good reminder too to just do what works for you don't worry about what other people say or think because I oftentimes you know and I and I can understand this but I had been coached in the past of no more late night emails or be be mindful of how that looks to your team do they then think they have to be up all night and it's just it's it's a hard balance it was, it's a good reminder of, you know, how, how am I being like, where is it that I need to be a good role model? And then where is it just, this is who I am and that's okay. Yes. And so understand that then. Yeah. Then yeah. It's about that communication piece, right? You're right. Communicating about that. Right. Exactly. Yep. So I'm going to shift gears one more time. So 
and this is kind of the crux of part of our podcast, right? And we've already alluded to the fact that neither of us really have it all together. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so where is that stuck spot for you? Or where's that spot that you're, you're negotiating either with God or inside yourself or with the Holy Spirit of where do, where is that? What does that look like for you? Sure. Well, I'd say it's the root of pride. That's what I've been realizing recently. So um, for me, just pivoting to the whole online space after having done my time in the corporate world, basically as a career, I have, you know what, it's like 25 years of experience now. And to think, to, to reinvent and feel like, like for my summit, here's a good example. So to charge $47 for a bunch of bonuses plus a half hour of my time, like that, that's unheard of. Like that is not even close to my normal rate. And to reconcile with that and thankfully having coaches in my life, like my Facebook ads person just said, that's pretty typical. So if you are adding a package for your summit, it can't be, you know, $350, $400. People are accustomed to it's, it's again, it goes back to what is the market used to $47 might sell a few, even $97 was, I was advised that's too much. So I will say that's just one example, but it's part of a bigger picture around wrestling with having to feel like I'm going back to square one and the pride around that of, and wrestling with God around, but and then, okay, so, and where am, where are these clients coming from? Is it my corporate experience? And those gigs are coming a little bit here and there. Of course, it's never enough, right? I mean, I don't think any of it, maybe I should speak for myself, but I feel like there's always like, well, what? I want one, I want another thing. I want another thing. I feel like I'm never satisfied, but it, that has really been the place of pain for me right now is it's like the, the humbling myself and recognizing, okay. And I think it speaks into my husband's situation, the, the cat's going missing, which are really my babies. You know, I don't have kids. So it's like, I love having something living that I can nurture and to just feel like things are getting stripped away going, okay. It's just such a reminder that I am not, I'm not doing this on my own. Yeah. Like this is, or I can't. So there's a point at which you have to surrender. And it is fascinating how there are some really cool opportunities that have come my way that have had nothing to do with the summit. And it's just enough. It's like, okay, the next thing and the next thing. And I do think it's like that analogy of driving down the road with fog where you can't see anything except what's right in front of you. And unfortunately and fortunately that's where God has me right now in my humanness it sucks yes it's so challenging I mean it is when we yeah. really we know what what we would like to happen and yet like you said right there's these other opportunities like oh I can do that and I did that and that's interesting and and but then I have this whole thing that I'm that I'm trying to create and you know, is that what's going to be blessed or is it going to be blessed in some other like roundabout way? Because that's the way he likes to work on us. 
And then you made a point about, about when do we, when do we surrender this and when do we continue to strive and move forward? Right. Cause yeah, striving is like that workaholic, never enough, not enough. Right. And then that's not allowing God in to do the work that he's supposed to be doing in us and allowing us to be enough exactly where we are. And we can't sit back and just wait for him to do it for us. Right. There's no action in that. And he expects us to step into um, our friend, Catherine Gates, likes like you have to step into the water before it parts. (laughs) (laughs) If you remember Joshua, like they had to step into the water. They had to get their feet wet before it parted. Yes. So, you know, how do we make that balance happen? Yeah, well, I think that's a question for all of us, really, because I will say one of the hardest things for me to do is to be still because it feels unproductive. Preach. <laughs> so hard. I know. Yeah. I mean, at my house growing up, too, if you were relaxing, you were going to be you were going to be given a chore that was just unacceptable. You need to keep doing. And so the human doing that- as opposed to the human being. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's still super hard for me. And that is when I feel most vulnerable of, no, I don't have time. Like, okay, God, I'll give you 15 minutes <laughs> or I'll give you five minutes. I mean, I'm lucky sometimes if I do that, but just remembering that's where, and I think I was reading recently and I love the devotional Jesus calling around, there was some verse that just reminded me of the praying is doing something. It is. And abiding is doing something. Yes, exactly. So remembering that when we pray, that we break down like spiritual strongholds and that kinds of things, or that we we activate the spirit and invite God in. And to me, that that was a huge, just a huge reminder recently. And I don't know. I'm, I'm still even struggling with what to say because I I'd love to be able to give advice. I just think what's important for people to know is that you're not alone. If that is how you're, where you're at. And I'm constantly asking God like, okay, what, what do I need to be doing here? And what do, where do I, at what point does the doing stop? And then, and then of course it doesn't help when there's so many things, I'm sure like anybody listening, the Facebook feeds of, oh, have you tried this? Oh, this webinar, this challenge. I mean, if I had a, what a, a dime for every challenge that I've done or been advertised to, it's just, it's hard to really know how many more webinars do you watch? At what point is social media just so like, I don't know, the screen well, then time. It becomes, it becomes like, actually a distraction from you sitting and listening yes what he wants you to do yes at least that's my experience with some of these things um I had a mentor and some friends at one point they were all over me and this was was quite a while ago actually like you're a seminar junkie you travel (laughs) 12 times a year like I would be gone 12 times a year to a seminar because I just didn't think I knew enough about functional medicine or whatever, um, or practice, you know, understanding more about practice or marketing or mostly it was functional medicine. But, and I was like, like, when is enough going to be enough? Yeah. Yeah. 
right? The first S of my spark coaching program is to slow down. And just so you know, like even I was not slow enough. And so COVID, <laughs> like, I feel like this worldwide pandemic was for me. <laughs> I know that's a little, I might be a little big for my britches right now, but I'm just saying like, I had to stop. It was, it wasn't slow anymore. Like it was, no, 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 sit down for days. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I watched, like I had a full schedule, like mid-March, right? It was the 17th around in the Chicago area. Mid-March, yeah. I had a full schedule for the rest of March. And literally one week, everybody was cleared out. March, April, May, done. Nobody. Like, crickets. <laughs> yeah, so worldwide pandemic. If you don't slow down, we're going to have another pandemic. Slow down. <laughs> it's so true isn't it oh yeah my it was a blessing in a weird in the weirdest yeah. way yeah yeah so exactly yeah I'm seeing it's funny because when people ask about COVID it's like it's the best thing that's ever happened to me now I was more emphatic about that a month and a half ago <laughs> for <before laughs> my so stomach scary, right <laughs> yeah it is and it's it's just it really is such a good reminder that we really aren't in control of much. <laughs> we are so not in control of much. Oh my gosh. Karen, like this has been so much fun. <laughs> it has. It has. Like, stop. Is there like anything, anything else that you'd like, any point that you'd like to make? Anything that you're like, oh, I need to make sure I say this. Well, I'll like add one thing that I do think is really important, and that is to trust yourself. Yeah. So, so often we're at looking for permission from other people to do things or to say things and just trust yourself and do what trust that intuition, whether yeah. you believe it's the Holy spirit, or maybe that's not yeah. your belief, your intuition, the universe, mm -hmm. like trust that little voice inside of you. Yes. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's going to send us on yeah. a good on a different path than trying to people please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one ad now that I've realized, I never said that my main core value is about celebrating people. So celebrate who you are and where you're at, because it is really important for everybody to just be reminded that you really are a masterpiece. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I couldn't say that any better. So with that, thank you so much, Karen Laos. I so appreciate you. Where do we find you? Oh, thanks. Well, I'm usually on Instagram at Karen Laos Consulting, and that's L-A-O-S, like the country. I also have a Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laos. And I am going to be doing, I'm jumping on the online train. I'm doing a webinar on the seven ways women give away their power and how to take it back. So that's coming up on November 10th. If anybody's interested, you can check me out on Instagram and it will be advertised there. Brilliant. I love it. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Karen. This has been a blast and a blessing. Thank you so much. Ah, oh, you're so welcome. You too. It was great. <laughs> Have a great day, y'all. I will be back with another amazing interview and in between maybe some Facebook lives and some other fun things happening. 
So thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you're loving on my podcast, then go ahead and like and subscribe and hit the notifications and the bells and whistles on your phone so that you know when I'm around. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Facebook all the time. If you are interested in working with me, I offer a free explore call. It's 30 minutes. And if there's places in your health that seem stuck or you're looking for different answers, if there's places in your faith or other parts of your mental and emotional life that just don't seem like they're getting ahead, if you're unhappy in some places of your world, let's see how we can work together. And that's what this explore call will do. I'm here to help you figure out how to make your best self and how to mash up again, like creating better health and faith and life and work and getting it all put together, even though we still don't have it all figured out, right? So I'd love to hear from you. My The link to my schedule is right below. You can always find it on my website, RestoreU, R-E-S-T-O-R-Y-O-U. That's R-E-S-T-O-R-Y-O-U, RestoreU.com. Talk to you soon. Take care.